podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined by Andy. All right. And James. Hello. And coming up on this podcast, we will discuss transfers and rumours about who we may be signing next. We'll have a little talk about the international weekend. We're going to give a preview for the season with our predictions of where we think we will be finishing. And then our final word about how we're feeling. We've got a new theme to choose. We have got a new theme tune. We've levelled up. We've gone up from the Championship theme tunes to the Premier League of theme tunes. So thanks to Jason Odell and uh, Developing Sounds for recording the intro music with Joe Bothamley. Uh, Jason records and produces solo artists and bands at the studio over in Harrogate. And uh, Joe is a brilliant musician who I've been friends with for a long, long time. And he, he wrote the music after we had a few conversations around doing something for the new season. And uh, I think you guys agree. It's absolutely class. Thanks, chaps. You know, we we owe you some, uh, some beers and some merch and uh, hopefully we can watch a game together soon. Absolute bloody wobbler, lads. Wobbler? You guys aren't cool anymore. Wobbler's like a big tune, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mate, I have no idea. I'm going to take your word for it, but then, you know, when have you been on top of trends? You're not seeing my fresh fade. No, it's not a fade. It's just a receding hairline. But yeah, big tune. Good work, boys. Thank you very kindly. So since we last got together and uh, had a chat, we have signed some players. Yeah, and they're not that bad either. Do you know what? I think they're very good. Like most Leeds fans, I'd not known too much about them before. I'd known a little bit about Rodrigo, but I never thought in a million years we'd seen that calibre of signing turning up this summer. And now the links we've had even from there have been even more exciting, I suppose. I say more exciting. You get greedy when you get a player, don't you? As soon as you've got that one, you kind of go, right, next. Who's next? Once you've got cock in, you want a Croatian youth wonder kid, don't you? What's the? Uh, how do you pronounce the Croatian's name? Can you call him the Croatian? Seems a yeah, bit... Yeah, of course you can. The Croatian defender. Oh, Gvardiol. Yeah, that's it. Well done, Andy. Thanks. I've been... Have, uh, you, do, have you done some research? No, I've, I've been actually having Croatian lessons during lockdown. What, what do you know? Gvardiol. On these players, and Rodrigo in particular, on the last podcast, I think we just sort of said in passing, oh, yeah, we're looking at Rodrigo. Or I, I know certainly between us, we were like, yeah, there's a possibility that we we might look at him. But it never actually felt like we'd sign him, though. And yet here we are, and it is just feeling normal. And, and, and now we're obviously talking about potentially trying to sign uh, Rodrigo de Paul as well as kind of like a longer-term replacement for Pablo Hernandez. Not that he could ever be replaced, but you know what I mean? It just feels like, yeah, we'll go for him. Why not? I'm smiling because of that guy who did that tweet saying that if we do sign Rodrigo de Paul, that they need to sit down and do Rodrigo Rodrigo meets Tony DiRigo. <laughs> The thing that's kind of making me chuckle about all this is that just even a few seasons ago, we were looking at signing some just, let's be honest, bang average championship plodders. And now we're signing international footballers. The whole thing's absolutely crazy. And it's, I love it. Just keep, keep going. And you look how knackered the English market is where, I hope this doesn't bite me in the arse, but Callum Wilson, who's made of glass, goes for 20 million. And now, Ollie Watkins, who, let's all be honest, we'd have all had. But you're telling me he's worth more than Rodrigo. 
Well, that's exactly the deal that we looked at and I, th- I believe decided that there was more value in spending a similar amount on proven top-level international forward rather than unproven, clearly talented championship talent and giving them the chance. Some Spanish journo said as soon as we signed him to try to explain the magnitude of what we'd got, it was essentially like Elche signing Harry Kane like a newly promoted team in a relegation battle at that point, I suppose, because we were probably looking just to stay up at that point, weren't we? Now we're hoping for more. It's like them signing Harry Kane. It's madness. It's brilliant. That's oh, a really great point, Andy. A really great Gvardiol. It's a great anecdote. It's, it's not an anecdote. It's not mine, is it? It's a great point, Andy, that you Thanks. raised. Speaking of raising, Robin Cock looks good, doesn't he? He looks like a fun character from his uh, social stuff as well. So he'll fit in, won't he? Cock and Alioski. So you're saying you hope Cock fits in well, yeah? Can we stop? We need to get all these Cock innuendos out of the way, don't we? We can't go off the season talking about Cock. Well, we can, but you know what I mean? Paul loves Cock. Paul hates Andy. I love Cock's Instagram page. His pictures are very nice. Looks very firm defender, doesn't he? Really hard. I'm upset that you've reduced yourself to this level. I've what, never are talk- seen- what are you talking I've never- about? I've never seen a cock with so many tattoos. <laughs> right, talking about the games and the season and other stuff later on, but let's just say we're all very pleased with the signing of Robin Cock. So far, the business has been good. I'm really, especially after, because we're recording on the Wednesday night, just after seeing Calvin make his England debut, but the we're in that Johnson's Tin Pot Trophy, whatever it's called now, the EFL Trophy, and we've put loads of kids out we could have been putting out our under 23s and I think it's really interesting we've gone down that route they've got a spanking tonight the poor guys I'd have thought Geldar might be near there he must be near the first team you'd think on that note I've, I've read elsewhere that it's because it, Bielsa's wanting the under 23s to play the first team tomorrow so that's why he oh, sent is it? so that's why he sent the 18s rather than taking it easy before the Liverpool game just bang them out on a Wednesday night off you go lads here's a warm up we're going to talk about the international games and I felt that about tonight thinking when they're talking saying and Calvin Phillips will be getting back on a plane getting back to Leeds and getting straight to uh, Anfield make his Premier League debut it's a big four days for Calvin yeah it's a huge week for Calvin Phillips I think he's deserved his England call-up and I think he deserves his chance in the Premier League. If you told him last season when he was umming and ahhing about his contract to whether to stay, uh, if you'd said to him, right, in a year's time, this is what's going to happen. This is perfect best-case scenario, isn't it? Win the Championship with Leeds, get into the England team, start for England and then make your Premier League debut a few days later. Perfect scenario. Who else do you want to sign? Who have we been linked with? It's hard to say because you don't know what's a realistic transfer target and rumour and what isn't because you wouldn't have thought we'd get Rodrigo. You wouldn't have thought we'd have got a German international defender, would you? There's links today to Julian Draxler. I mean, geez, that'd be something else. I can't see it happening, but you just don't know what's true, do you? Do you think people's uh, expectation levels have been raised by the first two signings? What, from Geldart and Drama? Do you think that people's expectation levels have been raised by the first two signings for the first team squad? Don't do whatever you're going to (laughs) do. Just answer seriously. Yes, I do. Cracking, Uh, James. Uh, My expectations have been completely blown out of the water by the fact that we have signed Rodrigo and Cock, to be honest, because I didn't think we'd be signing that sort of calibre of player at all. 
But I also am excited about Gildhart and I'm excited about um, players that have committed to the club because Bielsa does such a phenomenal job with everyone that he's coached. He's done such a phenomenal job with every, everyone that he's coached that that all bodes really well for me. I, I've been watching a bit of what Liverpool fans have been saying and, and they're all in a bit of a meltdown, which I find so bizarre. Like they've just come off the back of a Premier League win. Uh, they are arguably, well, they are one of the best teams in Europe. They're all sort of in meltdown because they they haven't signed Thiago. They want that signing. And I don't know whether it's just for to feel better about something. It's like, we've got to sign someone. We've got to reassure ourselves. But... When you look at them, they've just got a phenomenal squad, like Mo Salah, Firmino, Virgil Van Dijk, and throughout the whole team, they're just amazing. And do you do you need to do you need to sign another person when you've already got that there? And and Klopp as well is is brilliant at nurturing talent, similar to Bielsa as well. Look at Trent Alexander Arnold. So I don't know. Um, I have I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's good for us to sign a few players, but I also have a lot of faith in Bielsa to to get the most out of um, the younger players as well. And I think you're right, James. The expectation has gone through the roof because I think if someone had told us two or three seasons ago, Leeds have been linked with Rafina from Barcelona, you'd have gone, oh my God. And now people are turning their nose up at him because we've been linked with DePaul. In what world are we turning our nose up at 16 million euros Barcelona midfielder who's played for Brazil. Has he played for Brazil? It's Brazil, isn't it? We'll say yes. On Liverpool, though, a, mm. talent, a talent that they've kind of nurtured but isn't getting a look in and will probably get a move away is Harry Wilson, uh, who is continuously linked. Is that somebody who you would like to see come into the club? I think Wilson's a really good player, but I don't know. Is it, again, it's whoever Bielsa wants to go with is fine by me. You know, he has the final say and he's always right at the end of the day, or he's been right 99% of the time so far. So it, it, to me, it doesn't really matter as, as long as, as long as he's happy. Cause the last thing we want to do is be signing people and, and him not have a say in it. So faith in Bielsa. Andy, last word on signings. Is there anyone that you have a real burning desire to, to sign now before we uh, start the season? Do, do you think we need more bodies in really quickly or are you happy to wait till it gets closer to the transfer deadline in a few weeks' time and see see what happens? Uh, I'm happy for a bit of patience. I think there's a couple of areas we need to strengthen. But I think if you... Look, no games are free when, when you're Leeds United. But if there ever was going to be one, it's first game of the season against the champions. Now, after that, we've got on paper in the league what look like two winnable games in Fulham and Sheffield United so I think if we can get through them with the squad we've got I'd be confident going into those games with the squad that we've got and we can strengthen in the areas that I think we need which are another kind of playmaker type position and I'd like to see controversial you ready for this I'd like to see another centre after this competition I've been impressed with Cresswell and Casey in strike but it's just that experience, maybe a left back if I'm getting really, really picky. So you want a oh, a left back, not a left centre back? No, I just I, it's another centre half as competition because I think we'll be missing Berardi. Uh, and I think maybe a bit of left back as competition. Um, I think Dallas has been unbelievable in that position and he deserves his chance. Uh, I think Douglas is also quite good, but I think we just need something a little bit more meaty, a bit harder. Uh, at left back when there's these wingers coming out it's give him a good kick and then as I say just uh, someone in the Pablo mould to take the reins and maybe swap in and out of him it's the last week when the international weekend uh, big double header 
kicked off Spain-Germany game, I saw it written somewhere. They said, when was the last time that Leeds United had a player on both sides in Spain versus Germany? I thought, never. That's never happened. Never. Or it might have said it's been a long time since Leeds. It's like, no, I I don't believe that's ever happened. The only Germans we've had for starters have been Pierre-Michel Lasogger and Wiedwald, who'd been anywhere near international, but I don't think they'd ever made into the first team. They were the under-21 internationals. Soggy had been with the squad, hadn't he? Waterboy don't count, does it? Did, did anyone watch any of the games over the last uh, few days? Other than, we'll get on to Calvin Phillips probably last, but other than that, have you, have you caught any of the fixtures? I accidentally caught uh, the Gianni Alioski penalty. I, I was flicking channel over and it landed on that. And b- my boy recognised Alioski because it's quite a hard thing for a three-year-old to say Gianni Alioski. And he went, Gianni Alioski? And he went, bloody hellfire, he is correct. And then he had a penalty and scored it. And that was Did it. Did he actually? Is that true? Yeah, straight out of CPT, my mate. That's, a, that's, that's impressive. It's one of the only, like, he, he knows Bielsa now. He knows Gianni Alioski and he knows Pablo Hernandez. Can he calls, read? Like- no. He saw, he saw oh. his face. He saw his face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got new hair, so I was well impressed. And a red shirt on. Yeah, he honestly, he recognised him, and I was like, it was one of them proud dad moments. It was oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing what they can do when they hit 16, isn't it? <laughs> he can't say Pablo Hernandez, so he calls him Padlo Hernambos. So it's gone, from, it's gone from being quite impressive to, yeah, he's still a three-year-old. Anyway, that's about this watching. T- I, I caught up with the stuff watching it online and I saw Rodrigo got a bit of a hammering for some unknown reason, even though he set the goal up. What's strange is that they these players got a really raised profile through... and that, That's not entirely true, but the profile... The, the spotlight was shone on Rodrigo during that game because he's coming to the Premier League for, for Leeds. There's been this... I don't know whether it's just where I'm looking or, but everyone's talking about Leeds and I think it has started to get up a few of the fans' noses. But I've watched a lot of that game and I've read reports of it as well. And it said that you saw the good, the bad and the ugly from Rodrigo in that game. And it was, he was selfless and tried to square something where he should have shot. And he then had a fine shot saved and ended up with the assist for the goal where he out-jumped our German international who'd just come on a minute before. So... Oh, did he? Yeah. He won the ball ahead of him. That may, if you're being kind, you would say that uh, Cock wasn't to blame. He was the one who was trying to defend it. The rest were all to see. So, so you're, you're saying our big rod outjumped our big cock? Is that what you're saying? Our little rod. Yeah, I am. I think I think there was enough exciting glimpses. It was great to be able to see him play. Hopefully, he won't be a get up to Bielsa speed within. He ain't got to play on Saturday, is he? No. Is he even going to be on the bench? Has he done a training session? He's probably done one training session. It was it was his first day reporting today, which is Tuesday. But is that good and fits into the system? You don't know because it's not like we've signed flipping Abby Babibu again, is it? We've signed an international striker who's known for having a similar style of play to ours with a bit of with a, with a lot a lot extra quality by all accounts. 
Well, that's true, actually, because one of the things I did think when we signed Rodrigo and Cock is the fact that they're in absolute prime physical condition, aren't they? It's like everyone we've signed, like Jean-Kevin Augustin, looked like he's needed to lose about eight stone. Lasaga, when we signed him, he, he looked like he was, yeah, you know, carrying a few beers. But these guys, look, yeah, these guys look ready, which is exactly what you want. You just want them to come in, be fit enough, learn the system, and off you go. James, did you catch any of the players in action over the weekend I watched a bit of England in the hope that Calvin had come on but it didn't happen yeah I don't know just wasn't bothered football's hard without fans especially this whatever it's called what is it called international weekend yeah but the Nations oh, League. Nation League it's a little fluff in it yeah I'm not sure I get it I mean you can kind of tell that with the way um, Southgate set things up tonight it's just an experiment it's just experimenting with the team so you know if it was a real big competition you wouldn't be experimenting you'd be flying in with your your format wouldn't you maybe that's harsh I don't know I watched last night a bit between the Liam Cooper game and the Stuart Dallas game Stuart Dallas gets all the plaudits when he's playing he is crucial to that team he gives his everything and Stuart Dallas actually gave a really frank interview before it's saying these games I'll go and I'll do it and I'll give my all which he did but they're horrifically timed they were like internationals often irk clubs but at the moment this is just this fixture stayed on the calendar and never moved and they wanted to keep it for the profile of international football but taking your, your players out it affects most clubs at elite level but if you're Bielsa and you're that meticulous in your prep, he must hate losing those players days before this game. Uh, that's one thing I did see from that game. Erling Haaland fangirling Stuart Dallas at the end, asking to swap shirts with him. His eyes lit up, didn't they? Oh, he's, he's like, finally, I've made it. I'm playing against a Leeds player. We've literally come good a year too late to... Uh, I mean, Haaland is... is some player his finishing is absolutely phenomenal like no 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 mate. it's not finished it's, it's from Norway the, his ability to strike a football is absolutely phenomenal and he would I assume eventually play in the Premier League at a very at the very very top level and oh god I hope it's for us he'll win the Champions League with Leeds if oh. that happens oh my days Oh my spoiler, spoiler alert from Jim there. Back on signings for one minute. One thing I, I have noticed with signings, I say I've noticed, it's very common knowledge, is how he signed players who can play more than one position. So, for example, though everyone is looking at, like Rodrigo can play up top and anywhere across attacking mid, and Cock can play defence and defensive mid. And I think he could play left back as well, Kai, if he has to. So it's that versatility and trying to keep that small squad with quality players. It's a, an important part of our recruitment drive, which is a bit different to Aston Villa's, which is more like, I think they get a pack of those Panini trading cards that James has been doing, open them and see who comes out next and say, yeah, we'll go for them. I want that one. There's a sly dig in that somewhere and I'm not accepting it, Paul. Uh, yeah, it was at Aston Villa, full of envy for your trading card. I'm going to say habit. It is a habit. It is a habit. And I'll tell you what, if anyone at Panini is listening, fuel the habit right. and send us some trading cards, please. Thank you. Right, so it's season's eve. We're on the cusp of our first Premier League season since 2003-04 and the excitement is brewing. The BBC and other sites have started putting out those predictor things where you predict the final table. Everyone's writing their column, the Guardian, saying the preview in each club and saying where they're going to be at. So this is a little bit of a time for the Leeds that preview. So what I'm going to ask you is, and I know that you'll probably say I don't care to a bit of it, but who do you think's going to 
win the league. Don't care. Who do you think's going down? Interested. And where do you think Leeds United will finish? We're not finished, we're Danish. No, no, English Premier League, mate. Uh, if any of you can get any more Scandinavian puns into the rest of this pod, that would be much appreciated. So, Andy, you don't care who wins the league. Is that because you think that Leeds are going to be nowhere near it? Yep. So you, you're happy for them to just sort that out between themselves this year? Yeah, don't care. Well, give me a name then. Who's going to win it? West Brom. I might have thought that they might be in your uh, bottom three prediction, but fair enough. They are in my bottom three prediction. Uh, who's going to win the league? Um, Man City, but based on don't care. James, do you care enough to contribute to that bit? Or are we just going to say, we don't care, let's focus on the uh, other end of the table? No, I, I do care because um, it's always interesting. You always want to know who's who's playing well at the top and who's, who's in it to win it. Um, I think it is going to be between Liverpool and Man City again. I think Man City might edge it as well, to be honest. Liverpool have got such a good record over the last two seasons, but can they do? Can they keep it up for a third season, really? I don't know. They've got some high-performing players, but yeah, it's a big ask, isn't it? Man City, I think, will probably edge it. And I can't see us being anywhere around the top six Europe places. That's a spoiler for where you think we're going to finish. We'll get to that bit. I'll tell you who I really want to fail miserably this season. You can probably guess. Do they have, Are they managed by a privileged relative of Harry Redknapp? Yeah, and the amount of money that they've spent is absolutely ludicrous. It, it, it's what's the point in giving someone an absolute a garage full of Ferraris and you ain't got a driving license? You know what I mean? Dean, it's obscene. That is. I thought you were going to talk about that other club. The one with the zebra kit. You see, I think they might finish in bottom three, so I'm not bothered about them. No, I think I think we'll be battling out with them for mid-table. Well, who's your bottom three? Uh, currently, from business completed up to now, I think it will be West Brom, West Ham and Fulham. Any disagreements there? Fulham, Villa and Brighton. I'll tell you what, if Brighton go down, I'd go in for Ben White again next season. I know, what you've just done there is a bit of a... a a semi-realistic wish list rather than a... a <laughs> you've got a dream. You've kept it slightly sensible because you've got, done teams who will be in the bottom six, seven or eight, but you've you've gone for a, which ones you want rather than which ones you think. I, I would have agreed fully with Andy based on current business dealings. I think even the West Brom owner... Slavin Bilic, the managers come out and basically said, yeah, we ain't spending much money and I'm a little bit worried about it. Uh, sort of that kind of, I'm paraphrasing massively. Um, I saw an article with one of their former directors who's just left who was saying that they had to get out of the championship because it's a brilliant under sort of recognised resource. But if, you, if you're in there for too long, it kills you as a club. So they, I reckon, panic stations there about their capabilities to stay up. I, th- I think Villa are a good shout and I think Brighton are, but I'd, I'd like to see Villa go down, but I just think West Ham are in absolute turmoil. You're looking when club captain and legend is putting out negative press about the club because they've sold when they're up and coming players to a relegation rival in West Brom. The, the club's in, in, in turmoil. A little shout out to uh, James's pick Brighton because they have sold players to West Brom and Fulham despite saying that they will not sell to a relegation rival in Leeds. So what they really meant is we're not selling to Leeds and I, I'm not even going to say good luck to him. Bad luck to you, Brighton. But he might have 
in doing that forced our hand into signing two centre-backs instead and we will see over the uh, time period how that pans out yeah and for a lot better value as well when you think they were wanting 30 odd million what have we got what did we sign cock for and we're going to sign well and one of the things that um when, when you look at those two deals it's a case of Cock has gone into his last year of his contract, which means that you're getting a German international defender for 13 million as opposed to what you would be paying for somebody else. And particularly if he was within a domestic market, it would be a crazy amount of money. And Gvardiol is, um, you, you're paying for potential of what's been tipped by some people as the greatest Croatian talent this millennia. So, you know, it's you, you can see why the value is where the value is at. So that just leaves on uh, season predictions. And we'll come back to this at the end of the season. Let's pick a number between 1 and 20. And it's not allowed to be 18, 19 or 20. Andy. Head or heart? Or is it just one number? Well, give me two numbers then. 9 and 15. That's a right cop out. I'm going for 1 eighth. Well, that's two numbers. 1 and 8th. <laughs> well, I'm going to go for 11th. Just 11th. Maybe the club and Bielsa are actually going for Europe so we can keep Rodrigo and Cock. Yeah, but we'll win the league in FA Cup, so it don't matter. I don't think we're going to win the AFL trophy thing. No, uh, we lost 7-0 to Accrington Stanley tonight. If we did win it, though, it'd be quite the turnaround from the 7-0 start. We've given people a decent head start on that one. Just seen some great stats on uh, on Calvin Phillips' England performance. He had the most tackles on the pitch. Big tackle. Yeah, so, uh, is on, on England, from our good friend, LUFC Data, Calvin Phillips' England debut versus Denmark, 81% pass accuracy, 76 minutes played, 73 touches, 48 out of 59 successful passes, 10 final third passes, 6 duels won, 5 successful long passes, 3 tackles won, which was the most on the pitch, 3 recoveries and 2 interceptions. See, other Alan Smith on Sky said, I think Phillips has had a bit of a nervy start. And uh, this was, you know, midway towards the back end of the first half. But he also said that we didn't have much possession and uh, turns out we had more possession than them. So I think they need to uh, review their punditry list. I don't know. I, I, I think first half, it was a lot quieter than the team were. I thought it was interesting. I didn't think Dyer looked like he wanted to pass the ball to Phillips as if he could see into the future and go, oh no, he's got my spot him. I've been pushed back into centre half where I'm probably going to fail and he's got my position. So he wasn't passing to him much in the second half, first five minutes, Phillips was awesome. He was everywhere. He was being the Phillips that we know and love. And then he grew into it and sprayed a few of his uh, famous passes around, didn't he? I thought his passing was great all night and the stats backed that up. When he came off, he got the sort of acknowledgement of that those performance deserved. And hopefully that just breeds that, having had that game, it just breeds that confidence going into the season that he he belongs at this level and it gives him that little jump start ahead of the game on Saturday and it'll be a big positive. Loves a tackle, Daniel Calvin. It's funny watching commentators that probably haven't seen as much of him before, like, oh, Phillips has gone in again. Because I'm used to Martin Tyler saying that, but it's because I've played a lot of FIFA. And it's like, <laughs> it's like he's faked mugged me off in FIFA life. I'm like, Martin, I thought you knew that. So we'll be back with our match day podcast on Saturday where we will preview the Liverpool game and review the Liverpool game and all into one neat ball after the fixture. I'll be trolling through Premier League forums now. So, I mean, it's extra work really, isn't it? Because I, I had a list of all the... For, anyway, I'm, it's work I'm happy to do, but that will come at the weekend. So 
before we go, let's just have your final word for how you're feeling about what do you want about the season, about the state of the club, about Leeds United right now? Proud. And that ticks all of them. I'm proud that we're back in the big time. I'm very proud of how we're going about our business. Immense pride that we've seen one of our academy products stick with us and make his England debut going into the season. And I'm just proud that I'm walking around Leeds and I'm seeing everyone wearing Leeds shirts for the first time. It's a sea of Leeds shirts everywhere. And for the first time in a long time, there's a few knocking about last season, but... You'd walk around and you'd see badly raised children wearing scum tops and Chelsea tops and Man City tops and Liverpool tops. But everywhere you look now, there's lead shirts. Very proud of the city, very proud of the club, very proud that we're starting in the Premier League. Nice. That was a lovely little speech. Churchillian, that wasn't it? Well, I felt it was more like Eminem from 8 Mile because you've sort of laid down and James has got to come back at you now with something. Yeah, you've won the rap battle. I can't add any anything more than that. I it's I feel so happy that football is is back and that we're back in the Premier League. It's so so surreal. It's made even more surreal by the fact that we can't go to games at the minute. Although there was some news which you all saw, um, which was about the the ballot coming in. So we'll be able to enter into a ballot as season ticket holders to to get back in the ground, which is good news. But but yeah. Just, I can't believe we're playing Liverpool at the weekend. You know, we're playing the the champions of England <laughs> in our first league match back in the Premier League for however many years it is. And, ah, uh, yeah, it's just so good to be back. I think you both absolutely nailed it with that. So I'm just going to say giddy. I'm a, I'm giddy. It's 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 like I'm reconnecting to something that we've missed for so long, and I've. There have been moments of our EFL life that I've absolutely loved and adored and I've got brilliant memories, um, but it's time for a new chapter, isn't it? A new beginning, and I'm absolutely giddy for it. You will hear from us soon with our Premier League Match Day podcast. Podcast Network.